speaker today, all right, but uh, I do want to take an opportunity uh, to welcome to the stage a great friend of Potential Church, and his name is Pastor Buddy Cremines, and he's spoken here before, and him and his wife uh, pastor a church, Northway Church, up in New York. They've got several campuses. They actually just moved into a brand new building that looks amazing. God is blessing their church in amazing ways. He's an incredible leader, an incredible communicator. And uh, we have the opportunity to have him here with us on this very special New Year's weekend as we leave behind 2017 and step into 2018. You know, Kayla mentioned earlier, I don't know what your 2017 has looked like. I don't know what trials it's contained. I don't know what burdens you've carried in 2017. But I believe that this is a monumental weekend. As we close one chapter and open up another chapter, I believe that God wants to speak to us, that he wants us to be encouraged. He wants us to be inspired. I believe he wants us to be challenged, to leave behind the regrets of 2017, to leave behind the frustrations or the disappointments and step expectantly into a brand new year. Amen. And I know that Pastor Buddy has a word on his heart that he's going to share. And I know you're going to be moved. I know you're going to be inspired. And I know that it is going to change the way that you walk out of here today. So why don't we just stand to our feet, all right? I want to give him a big potential church welcome to our friend, Pastor Buddy Cremines. Come on, let's welcome him to the stage. Thank you. What's up, potential church family? How you guys doing today? You doing good? Great to see you in God's house, and thank you for that uh, warm welcome. And I want to take the opportunity uh, just to welcome all of our locations today, uh, Hollandale Beach, everyone in Lima, Pensacola, everyone watching online, Cooper City, and all of our friends in the Caribbean. Let's welcome everybody today to Penitential Church. Come on, church, let them hear you. All of our locations in such an honor to be with you on this historic day as we turn the page and about ready to enter into a new year. And I want to take the opportunity uh, just to tell you why I know your potential church family, but we kind of consider you guys a part of our family all the way in New York and Massachusetts and in Delaware, where our locations are. And here's why, because of your pastors. And can I just state the obvious potential church? You have been blessed with the best in Pastor Troy and Pastor Steph Granley. Come on, church. Come on, church. Come on, we can do better than that. The Bible says that they are worthy of double honor. And God says, as you honor them, God will honor this house and God will honor this ministry. And I just want you to know, um, just up front, from kind of behind the scenes, your pastor, Pastor Troy, has been a dear friend of mine. He served on our board for years. 
and behind the scenes and the, 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 the twists and turns and the thrills and chills and the highs and mids and lows of ministry, there's always been a guy that I could call and talk to about life, that we could share and be vulnerable with each other, what's going on in our lives. And Pastor Troy not only does a tremendous, tremendous, remarkable job of leading this house and all the locations, but he's truly been a pastor to pastors, been a dear encouragement to me. The same thing with Pastor Steph. And as you honor them, again, God will honor you and honor their entire family. Uh, Pastor Tyler and Amber and Carson and Bailey, you guys have been blessed. Come on, one more time. Let's give it up for them. Come on, give it up for them. So as you close out this year, send them a text, send them something on social media. Just let them know that you love your pastors. Can I get an amen? Can we go old school today? All right? I know you love them, and I know they're a blessing to you. Man, I'm so excited about this current series that you are in. I don't even know that you're in it, but Route 66 I, I want to take a ride in that Mustang. I don't know if anybody else does, but this is just, it really speaks to me. And I want to invite you to come to upstate New York where Northway Church is at because uh, I have a man cave that kind of looks like all of this stuff right here. And I invite you up for that road trip. So my understanding is on this road trip, you've kind of been trekking from Chicago, Route 66, nostalgia going down memory lane of maybe previous Christmases and everything leading up to Christmas and congratulations to all the potential church and the best Christmas that this ministry has ever had and so excited. I mean, come on, Christmas trees on the beach. Come on, somebody help me on that. That's just amazing. And the baptism. Let's just give God a praise break. Let's just give God glory for that. Everything he's doing through this local church. Amazing, amazing church partnering with people to reach their full potential. And so as you're in this series and this journey, I want to talk to you as we wrap up this year and kind of maybe just go off-road a little bit. And what I like to do is take an exit on Route 66, and I want to pump the brakes, and I want to give us cause to pause, and I want us to go to a rest stop together. And as we go to this rest stop together on this journey you've been over the last several weeks and about to embark on this new journey in 2018, I believe there's something that God has for all of us today. And in this rest stop, I want to talk to you today, church, about some passages of Scripture that I have wrestled with at this rest stop. In other words, I'm never given a message like this. I want to share with you a passage in the Bible of Scripture that I've wrestled with. In other words, that I don't like. Have you ever ran across some verses in Scripture you don't like? Okay, apparently not everyone here is super Christian and flies around with a cape, but I'm going to keep it real. I'm going to kind of let you know behind the scenes as a pastor, some of the times I read some passages of Scripture, and there's some verses that I just don't like. And so, uh, man, you're like, well, man, Happy New Year to you, Pastor Buddy, too. I came here to get encouraged, but I think that is, is I can kind of just share with you what the Holy Spirit's done. These are Scriptures that I didn't like, and probably my least favorite Scriptures in the Bible but then what God has done over a process and a journey, now the verses that were once, I, I just couldn't stand, now they have become kind of like my favorite verses. And so I want to try to take you on that journey together. And so if you have your Bibles today at all of our locations, I would love for you to jump with me. And we're going to jump into Philippians together. And all of our locations will have outlines and scriptures there that you can follow along. I encourage you to take notes today as we... Just take this rest stop and go on this journey of wrestling maybe with some passages of Scripture that at first earshot are not the most favorite, but I believe God wants to do something very, very special today 
and our hearts at all of our locations today. And so as we look in the book of Philippians, this is the Apostle Paul. He's writing this, and he's writing this from prison. And it's amazing just his perspective on life. But as we read together, the Bible tells us this. It says, do not be anxious. You can fill that in in your notes. Do not be anxious about anything. If you're taking notes, do not be anxious about anything. Now, I don't know about you and where you roll and how you're doing emotionally today, but this verse makes me, gives me anxiety. <laughs> this very passage of scripture causes me anxiety because our good God is saying, do not be anxious about anything. And I'm like, come on, God, I love you, I'll follow you, I'll, I'll do my best to serve you, but, but don't tell me the expectation for my life is not to be anxious about anything. Because I'm down here in this fallen world, in this wheels-off world, and a lot of junk's happening on, and, and I, sometimes I have an anxiety, I don't know about you. And he says, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, he says, by prayer. Everyone say prayer at all of our locations. Say prayer. By prayer and petition, all of our locations say petition. So he says, by prayer and petition, don't be anxious about anything, but with thanksgiving. Everyone say thanksgiving. I know we're at the end of the year, but we're going to say these three together again because I want it to get into our minds and our hearts because God wants to do something. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer, by petition, and thanksgiving. Let's say those three. By prayer petition, thanksgiving. Sound great? Let's do it again, all of our locations. By prayer, petition, and thanksgiving. Okay, so, all right, this is what you're saying, God, then what is next? He says, present then your request to God, and then the peace of God, if you'll jot that down in all of our outlines, the peace of God, which transcends all human understandings, will guard your mind and your heart through Christ Jesus. Have you ever wrestled with anxiety? Okay. Let me uh, tell you my experience. I'm going to raise my hand, I'm going to raise both hands, I'm going to raise my foot, and I'm going to raise both feet. Because I've had a lot, of a lot of issues with anxiety. Do you know what anxiety is? Anxiety is when your mind is saying one thing and your heart is saying something else. Anxiety is an epidemic in our country, in our world today. And so God has this antidote for anxiety, and he says through prayer, petition, and thanksgiving, that then as we go through that process and a journey at a rest stop that is totally counterintuitive, that if you'll pump the brakes and take the time to do that, God will do this transaction because the peace of God happens from the inside out, not the outside in. Could anybody at the end of the year here... Uh, could anybody use a little more of the peace of God? Can anybody use a little more peace in your job, a little more peace in your marriage, a little more peace with your family? Is anybody, apparently, it looks like I'm the only one that has issues at Potential Church. I have a lot of issues, and I could really, really use the peace of God. And so at this rest stop, man, I, I wrestle with that. Let's look at the next passage of Scripture together in Mark chapter 4, and it tells us this. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, this is Jesus Christ, after he's teaching and the multitudes are following, and he says, let us go to the other side. If you take a note, jot that down. Let us go to the other side. Let's remember that. Leaving the crowds behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. 
And then the scripture says a furious squall, you might want to jot that down, a furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern and what was he doing? He was sleeping. So the biggest storm in the disciples' lives and the biggest storm where they are about to go under and Jesus is sleeping in the boat on a cushion. Must be nice. The disciples woke him up and said, teacher, and they said this. They said, don't you care? Don't you care what's going on? Do you not see the storm that is going on right now? Do you not see that we've been hanging out with you and following you, but we're about to go under here? Do you not see? Obviously, you can't see what's going on because you're asleep in the storm. Don't you care if we drown? Then Jesus got up, and you might want to circle this in your notes. He rebuked the wind, and then he said to the waves, he said, quiet, be still. Out of a dead sleep, he woke up and he spoke with some serious authority. I don't think I would wake up like that. But the first thing he got up, he said, be quiet, be still. And then the scriptures tell us this, the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And this, my friends, right here is the second passage of Scripture that is annoying to me. Could you have said anything else to me, Jesus? I'd have been all right with that. You know, I've been following you. A little heads up here. You know, nice try, guys. You could do better. You know, but to tell me I have no faith, that's actually not correct because I have been following you a while and I have done some certain things for you. But for Jesus to say, you have no faith. And then what they said is they said, who is this? Who is this that even the winds and the waves obey him? Check this video out.
cliffhanger. In 1991, three unexpected raging weathered fronts clashed and collided to represent one of the fiercest storms in history, referred to the perfect storm. In approximately 27 AD, seasoned sailors, that there was no storm that they could not maneuver through, there was no storm that they could not manage, and there was no storm that they could not manipulate because they were confident in their own abilities, their own talents, and their own personality, their own abilities to navigate through any storm. But we find the disciples, scared for their very lives, is they encounter the storm of all storms. I guess you could refer to it if we put ourselves in the and their seasoned sailor sandals, it was the perfect storm for them. And that's what I want to try to talk to you today about is peace and that peace of God in Philippians and then try to connect it with our storms to not be anxious to take some rest today before we turn the page and look back over this year but learn some lessons, and perhaps there are some secrets to what I want to really talk about today is peace in our secret storms. Peace in the midst of our secret storms. Nobody gets to live a storm-free life because we live in a stormy world. And storms happen to good people, storms happen to bad people, storms happen because... You know what? We had nothing to do with it. It's simply because we live in a fallen world and in a stormy world. We've lived in a stormy world ever since our first parents bailed on God, and they said, forget you, God. We don't care what you say. We don't give a flip what you say. And the Bible calls that attitude sin, and consequently then sin entered into this world, and it's become a stormy world. All of us are going to face storms in this life. No one is immune from a storm-free life. I don't want to shock you today, but even if you're super, super close to God and you're going after God with everything in your heart and in your mind, and it, you're still going to go through storms in this life. I live in upstate New York. We moved there to start a church 15 years ago, and God's been so good to Northway Church. We're now one church in multiple locations. And uh, as Pastor Tyler said, now we have a brand new building, and man, God has been so good. It's state of the art. It's like all of our dreams come true. And so we're entering into 2018 like no other year. But as I look in the rear view mirror, there is actually, everyone sees the building now. It sees a state of the art. It sees like, man, it's just, there's no problem at all for Northway Church. It's just like easy sailing from here. But I'm going to go just like completely transparent because I'm not playing on my home court today. So I may share some things today with this church that I wouldn't even share with my own church. Are you okay with that? Yeah. All right, just don't post it online. Can we keep that as <laughs> an agreement? All right. And so, but I'll kind of share with behind the scenes because there's some of the storms we went through as a church that I couldn't share with the church because I'm like, let's stay in faith. And then behind the scenes, I'm going, holy crap. <laughs> Welcome to the ministry. That's pretty much what it is. You're like, does Pastor Troy do that? Oh, no. 
That's faith, because faith is not the absence of fear. It's going ahead in spite of our fear. Can I get an amen? amen. And so, living upstate New York. So I remember 15 years ago when we moved there, and I, and we're trying to get acclimated, trying to get some new memories. And so I heard about Lake George, and I didn't know so many things about Lake George. Lake George is kind of the gem of the Adirondacks, and the Adirondack Park is six million acres. And, and I invite you all on a road trip from Lima to Hollandale to, for, to, to every location online. Come on up and see us sometime. If you're in New York City, get on a train, come up and see Northway Church um, at, at upstate New York. And so Lake George, I didn't know that Thomas Jefferson said it's the most pristine body of water he ever saw. I didn't know that Lake George is 32 miles long. I didn't know that it was 200 feet deep. I didn't know that it was four miles wide. I didn't know that the current actually runs south to north, which is very, very odd, and then spills and cascades down a river into Lake Champlain that runs all the way up to Canada. I didn't know that it cycles through all the body of water, which is 28,200 square uh, feet, acres actually, of a body of water that cycles through every eight years. I didn't know all these fun factoids about Lake George. All I know is I wanted to go on a date with my wife, Debbie, and so we went up to Lake George, and we went up to Lake George, and it, and it was a beautiful day outside. It was a beautiful day outside, and we we're so excited to be there, and we saw a rowboat. And a beautiful day in upstate New York, it was like 50 degrees. And so we were excited, the sun was out, and so we saw this rowboat, and we got in the rowboat, and how it works in a rowboat, if you've never been, you got to sit there, and then Debbie's sitting there, and so I'm rowing here, and she's rowing there, and we got to get our strokes together, and we're like, stroke, stroke. And there's also 186 islands in Lake George, super cool, you got to come see it. And we're like, I'm like, I, we're, we're goal setters, so let's go to that island, Debbie, and we're going to make it to that island, and, and let's make it to that island, and, and, may, and then come back, and it'll be a good day, and it'll be a fun day. And she's like, okay, and so stroke. Stroke, 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 stroke. We get in our rhythm together, and then all of a sudden, we're looking at that island that we're supposed to be getting to, and it just seems further and further away. It's like we're not making any headway, and as it happens in the Adirondacks, all of a sudden the sun is gone, and the clouds come up over the mountains, and you can never tell what the weather patterns are, and the weather starts changing, and the, and the water starts getting real choppy, and all of a sudden we're just in this storm, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. We just moved here to start a church, and I'm going through the, the potential SWOT analysis of what are the threats, and I'm like, okay, hypothermia, we don't have our life jackets, and my wife does something so stinking annoying when she gets under pressure. She started to laugh. And I'm like, you're not laughing. And then she's laughing. I'm like, you got to stop laughing. I'm like, we're in, I didn't say we're in danger, but all my spidey senses are going off. And leadership, like, we got to get out of here. And I'm responsible. And I don't want to be. We moved to upstate New York to die here. And so she's laughing. She laughs so hard. No, this is a true story. She loses the oar. And now the oar is floating in the choppy water. She's still laughing because that's what she does. That's how she rolls. And this date day turned into disaster day, almost divorce day. <laughs> and now, mind you, the row, and so I'm rowing, and now I'm rowing, I'm just rowing on one side, and the water's getting choppier and choppier, and I don't have anybody with me, and Goober over there is laughing her head off, and I'm like, we're going to freaking die in Jesus' name out here on Lake George, and maybe we'll actually go and live 200 feet under the water. Merry Christmas, everybody. And then I'm, I'm paddling, I'm paddling, and it's like I'm going against the storm, and all of a sudden, I just paddled, and I just did this old-fashioned this way, and finally, we made it down like a half a mile, or three-quarters of a mile down where we, I couldn't get back to the dock, and we made it down. Here, here's my point. 
It's a stormy world. No one gets to live a storm-free life. And storms happen for all different types of reasons. Sometimes there are decisions other people have made. Sometimes there are our own decisions. And other times it's just we live in a stormy world. And just stating the obvious, was that the storm's fault that that happened to us? Absolutely not. It was my wife's fault. That's what it was. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. We live in a stormy world. Turn the person next to you and say, we live in a stormy world. All the locations, go ahead. Come on, potential church. That was lame. Say it, spray it, wheel it, deal it. Make them feel it in Jesus' name. All of our locations. Turn the person next to you and say, we live in a stormy world. Go ahead. Turn the person next to you, all of our locations, online, and say, no one gets to live a storm-free life. Go ahead. We're at the rest stop today. I'm talking about stuff that's not talked about in church. I'm talking about the stuff that's not talked about in theology. Well, just follow God and he fixes all your problems. No. Let me clarify. Yes, follow God. Always follow God. But it's not follow God and then dance around and tiptoe through the tulips and pass out flowers and have banners. I just love Jesus. And because I accepted Jesus into my life, I'm so excited. I was going to bend down and get the confetti. I'm not bending down. I'm not bending down. Just visualize. I'm not a very flexible human. Not bending. We live in a fallen world. I want to talk to you today about that peace at this rest stop. And can we find peace in secret storms? Church, I want to talk to you today. I don't want to talk to you today about storms that everyone else can see. I want to talk to you today about the storms nobody can see. Storms come in all shapes and sizes. Storms come and they impact our health, don't they? Storms of leukemia, storms of cancer, storms of Lyme's disease, storms of high blood pressure, storms of a heart attack. Storms of diabetes. Man, storms can really wreak havoc on our lives when it hits our health and it makes us, whoa, stop. I need to stop because something's off here. Uh, storms can affect our career. Storms can affect our marriage. Storms can affect relationships. Storms can affect our finances, all aspects of our lives. But I don't want to talk to you today, potential church, about the storms everybody else can see. I want to talk to you about the storms that nobody else can see because when Everyone else sees the storms. They're going to say, hey, here's an umbrella for you. Here, here's a light raft. Or here, borrow my oar for you. And that'll help you kind of get back to shore. You're really going through it. I'm talking about the secret storms today that no one else sees. I'm talking that there are people that have come to potential church at the end of the year. And there's a smile on your face because you're smiling by faith. And you're smiling by faith, but deep inside there is a storm that is raging inside of you that nobody else really knows, not even your spouse, not even your parents. You don't even know how to articulate it, but you're battling. I'm talking that there are some people that have come to God's house today that you're, doing, you're smiling on the outside, but you're fighting a storm and you're doing everything you can do to keep your marriage together. You're fighting for it. It's hanging on a thread. I'm talking today to, to the parents that you have been interceding for your children. And you're here and you got a smile on your face. And, and you love God and God sees and he's smiling on you. But inside there's a storm that's raging that you cannot 
You cannot seem to work it out in your mind because you have been the advocate for your son. You have been the advocate for your daughter. You've been the one that's praying for them. God, heal them. God, put them back together. God, I need your help. God, my son is far away from you. God, my, my, my daughter is far away. God, come on. God, God they're sick. Raise them up in Jesus' name. I'm talking to the person that today that you're wrestling with anxiety and depression so deep that, man, you just you got some crazy, crazy thoughts going on inside. You're like, how can I follow God? And I still have all these other issues. What's going on? I'm talking about the secret storms. Is it possible to have peace? Can God bring us peace in the secret storms that nobody else can see? And I don't know about you in 2017. And I don't know about your life, but as I have tried to unpack these passages of Scripture through my life, there was a season in my life where I was called into ministry, and here's my quick rapid-fire story is I was angry at God, I hated God. I don't even like to say that, but that's where I was. If you invite me to church, I cuss you out. My marriage, is, my marriage was on the rocks. And, and then God supernaturally sent some people into my life, a lot of like potential church family that loved me unconditionally, let me process, build a bridge from their heart to my heart that allowed Jesus to walk across and started to change my life. I love this about this house, that it's not a house that you have to be perfect. It's not a house that you have to have your church face on. It's a house that, that Pastor Troy and Pastor Steph keep it real. Come on. Because we're only as sick as our secrets and revealing brings healing. But what do you do with the secret storms of your life. How about this question? How about this? What do you do about, what do you do about when you're the one, that you, maybe you're the pastor, you're the leader, you're the parent, maybe you're none of those, but you're just really good with wisdom. And so you're the one that everyone comes to and they ask you for advice. And they're asking you for advice, but inside you got a secret storm. How about this one? They come to you and ask you to pray and pray for them because your prayer seems to work and your prayer seems to work for everybody else. But what do you do? When your prayers ain't working for your storm. What do you do when the advice you're giving out to everybody else ain't working for you? Has anyone ever been there? We've all been there. And that's where the disciples are. And they're just about ready to blow a gasket. And here's how they respond. Don't you care? I have been praying for my son. I've been praying for my daughter. I've been praying for this. I've been praying for that. I've been praying for finance. Don't you care? Because the storm is still raging. In this life, there are going to be secret storms that we can't communicate or articulate to anybody else. But I do have great, great news because... That baby that was born in Bethlehem, one of his names was the Prince of Peace. And it wasn't just one of his names. He grew up and he lived a life of peace. And then in John 14, before he went to the cross, he said, my peace I leave with you and my peace I give you. And I give you peace, but it's not as this world gives you. And then when he rose from the dead, three days later, the first thing that he says to Thomas and his disciples is not, where were you? you, 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 you come on, you guys. I told you so. He didn't do any of that. He just said, peace. That there is a way that we can have peace in our secret storms. And so very quickly today at all of our locations, if you're taking notes, I want you to jot these down. Because I believe 
through life and through 2017 and 2018 and however many years God gives us, as we 23,000 breaths that we breathe each and every day that he gives us, let everything that have breath praise the Lord. There are going to be times that we can feel like we're stuck in a storm and it's a secret storm and we don't know what to do and the Holy Spirit's going to want to bring this back. Number one, what are the secrets to a secret storm is this. If you're battling that today, first of all, God sees you. Don't mistake a storm for the absence of God. Don't mistake a storm for the absence of the presence of God. Here's what I want to help you with theology here, all right? Bad things happen to good people. You're exactly right. Life is not fair. You're exactly right. That's good theology because it hasn't been fair since our parents bailed on God and we live in a fallen world. That's the bad news. But the good news is, for God so loved the world that he sent his son, that whoever would believe in him will not perish and have everlasting life. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So bad things do happen to good people. If you jot this down, God isn't the enemy. God isn't the enemy. When you're in a storm, the first thing with fear is like this is to respond, don't you care? Why is it that we go to God, God, don't you care? Why is it that that is our default today? Why is it that when there's a storm that happens in our life that the first thing we do in our, in our faith is we're tempted to go, God, don't you care? And I believe as we close out the chapter of 2017 and close this book, God wants to grow the church universal that when we go through storms, our default is, don't you care? Don't you care? God isn't the enemy. Could jot this down. Second thing. If you want to silence your storm, don't go silent. If you want to quiet your storm, don't go quiet. It's intuitive that we're in a storm. Oh my gosh, and we're overwhelmed. Uh, I just need time to process. Let me get along. I am, by Nate, uh, my innate personality is I'm an introvert. Like, on steroids. I don't really take steroids. I know you thought I did, but anyway. Um, so I need, I need to get alone to recharge. And people get confused because you can get up on stage and be animated and all that stuff. And um, it's a calling that God's given me, but I, I, gotta, I gotta get alone. And so what, what happens where I've been tempted in my life is when storms happen, I remember, oh gosh, I'll give you just rapid fire. One, I was in ministry and I was in ministry I never thought I'd be in ministry, and then uh, with my background, and then I got into ministry, and I was just a youth, uh, not just a youth, I was, I was so honored to be a youth pastor, and we had 13 kids, and we were in Mayberry, USA, in North Carolina, and that, the youth group grew from 13 kids to over 100 students, and the church was only 250 people, and I didn't know what I was doing, but all I know is I, want, I wanted to, we wanted to love, we wanted to help those kids, and we wanted to, because man, the decisions they're making, man, it can kind of jack up the their world, and, and it's, there's not a lot of help there. And when, when, that, when we were in ministry there after eight years, all of a sudden my heart started doing this, literally. I mean, you could see it going, going out of my chest, and I'm like, what the heck's going on? What the heck's going on? And when that happened, then I had pain shooting down my arm. I would turn white as a sheet, and I didn't know what was going on. I thought I was having a heart attack. I was like, what? I was like Debbie, Debbie, what, what's going on? I don't know what's going on. I went to doctor after doctor after doctor. I went through test, stress test after stress test, stress test in my early 30s, and and they go through all these, these tests and they say, there's nothing wrong with you. And I'm like, shut off. There is something wrong. You're not the one like, like, look at that. 
You're not the one feeling this pain. You're not the one, I'm going in a cold sweat. It would shut me down for 24 hours. And they're like, oh, it's a panic attack. And I'm like, what the heck's a panic attack? And I'm like, how can I be a pastor of me having a panic attack? And how can I be like leading young people and God's blessing and all that? And how can I be like, I, how, do I, how do I help people? And then I have my own anxiety. How do I do that? And then God, he took me to this verse in Philippians 4. When I read it, I hated that verse. Don't you dare tell me not to be anxious about anything. What kind of expectation is that? And over time, as I started to memorize that verse and get that verse, and I quote that verse, when, when I started freaking out, I would just calm myself down. I'd say, God, be anxious for nothing, buddy. Just calm down. Just calm down. And then I would pray. It was counterintuitive. I didn't want to pray. Oh, God, I don't know what's going on right now. I don't even know what, what's unprocessed, but God, I just, I bring my prayers to you. I'm going to breathe. I'm going to say, God, I need you. And I'm going to say, God, you've been good to me. And God, I don't understand. And as I would get in a time with prayer, instead of going quiet in a storm, I would start to get with God. And I start to get with God. And, and all of a sudden, I'd be in the same circumstances. But all of a sudden, this peace would start to guard my mind and heart through Jesus Christ. That happened there. But fast forward, and then we started a church. And man, it's gone off. It's, it's like a, amazing. One of the, one of the, fastest growing in the Northeast. It's the most unchurched place in the United States by George Barna. We didn't know that. We just knew we were the frozen chosen. And we go there to start a church and God does amazing things. And then five years into it, we got a gazillion services and all that. But then all of a sudden, I hit depression. And you're like, man, Pastor Buddy, Pastor Troy picked the guy with the biggest issues to come and talk to us. I do have a lot of issues. But this is what I've discovered in ministry. No one really gets help by us talking about our victories. When you go through secret storms, don't keep them a secret. And when I've been able to share those, I've had more high-capacity people say, you know what, I've struggled with that. I've struggled with that. And I hit depression. I didn't even know what it was. I remember the secret storms of just a year ago when I'm praying for my daughter, and she'll be here. And she'll be here and get to experience one of these services, but she has Lyme disease out of nowhere. And this is after she's walked on crutches for all of her high school years, and, and her leg wouldn't heal of a freak accident. And then she just finally gets better and off crutches. Then she gets Lyme disease and she can't go to college. And we're carrying our daughter that's 19 years old, and we're carrying her to the restroom. And I'm thinking to myself, what? That doesn't fit in my faith formula. God, don't you care? And I remember going dark. And I remember fighting, and I remember getting up and preaching, and I didn't want to preach because, God, you haven't healed my, my daughter. But then something rose up in me, and I'll never forget. I went into her bedroom, and I, I just hugged that girl because she was down to, like, 80-something. She was just a little, little thing. And I said, God, no. And I started to rebuke the wind and rebuke the waves in Jesus' name. And I started to pray and I started to petition. Instead of going quiet, I opened up my voice and say, enemy, you cannot have Natalie Cremines. You cannot have her. You cannot have her health. You cannot have her. God has great plans for her and heal her in the mighty name of Jesus. And I spoke this over when she couldn't even. And man, she's going to be here 
and I probably won't share this in the message that she's here because it kind of embarrasses her, but I don't give a flip. Because God healed her, and God, and this is what I know, it's just this crazy thing, but if I would have stayed quiet, that wouldn't have happened. Are you saying you healed? No. I'm saying I had to open up my mouth if I want my mountain to move. I'm saying when you're going through a secret storm and the enemy wants to say, doesn't God care? Doesn't he care, Peter? Doesn't he care, James? Doesn't he care, John? You're out here trying to serve him and look at this storm and he's in sleeping and he's sleeping on you. Don't you care? And then he has the audacity to get up and say something to you like you have no faith. You weren't going to follow that guy. The enemy's accuser and keeps coming at you. And I just want to encourage your potential church. I want to encourage you as you close 2017 that you know what? There have been storms and there have been secret storms. And is it any coincidence like it's your main location or like a literal storm? You guys really been hit. But I want to... I want to champion, I want to encourage you that this is a church that doesn't stay silent, that this is a church that rises up in faith, that this is a church that doesn't feel sorry for itself, that this is a church that takes care of its community, that this is a church that has reached out to the Caribbean, this is a church that's been one of the first responders to Puerto Rico, this has been a church that's taken care of its potential church family. And you know what? We all go through storms, but aren't you grateful for a God and aren't you grateful for a family like Potential Church that when you're going through storms, they're there to help you? Somebody help me preach today. Because here's the deal. Here's the deal. What it's really about is we're going to go through a storm whether we realize it or not. We're going to go through a storm whether we have Jesus or not. And I've just learned that no matter what the storm, I'd rather go with the guy that rose from the dead. I'm going with what he says, and I want him in my boat even when I don't understand everything. And he's never asked us to understand everything. He's asked us to trust him. And this is what I wrestled with when I wrestled, and the Holy Spirit just gave this to me. God, why did you say, don't you care? Because I can handle anything else. I think why he said, don't you care. Um, I actually said why, why he said, Uh, you have no faith. That's what bothered me. I think he said that because they got up and said, don't you care. I think I can handle anything that my children would say, but I could not handle from my children, dad, don't you care. Because I I have a lot of issues, but there's one thing that they know, that they've got a guy for the rest of their life, no matter what they're going through, dad's going to be there. Man, I will not walk out of this. I'm going to be championing them. I'm going to be cheering them on. I'm going to be helping them through everything. But for them to ever tell me, Dad, don't you care? Man, I, that, would, that, would, that would really insult. That would be like the highest insult. And I think to Jesus, he was just like, man, you know what? I'll take anything, but don't, don't bring me that. I think if the disciples would have went up to Jesus and said, excuse me, Jesus, you're sleeping. We're so sorry to wake you up. It's John's fault. Here's the deal. We know you need your rest because you put out more energy than anybody else. And you're the one. We know that. But here's the deal. We also know you can do all things. There's a really big storm we're about to go under. Can you, can you do something? We believe you can. I think Jesus would have done this. I think he would have, be quiet. Be still. I'm going back to sleep. I don't think he would have said, you have no faith. I think the reason he said that is because he wants us to know. In 2017, as we look in 2018, no matter what storm, Let's never go to God, don't you care? Peace in the secret storm. Prayer 
petition, thanksgiving. Then the peace of God, which transcends our storm, will realign our hearts and our minds, even in the storms we don't understand. If you receive that today at all of our locations, hold your hands up high. Hold your hands up high. Hold them up high. Hollandale Beach, come on, Lima, hold them up high. All of our locations, Cooper City, hold them up high. Online, hold them up high. All of our friends in the Caribbean, in Pensacola, hold them up high. I want to have a special prayer. Father, thank you for New Year's Eve, Lord. Thank you for our chapter. Thank you for being so good to our potential church family. You are a good God, and we come to you as we close out this year, and we're giving you praise with our hands lifted up, and we're saying, God, that we choose to follow you. We're saying, God, that we choose to trust you. And we're saying today, we choose not to be silent if we want our storms to, to silence. And we're not going to be quiet. We're not going to go into a cave. We're going to speak and we're going to declare the word of God. And we thank you that you're a great God. I say, we thank you that you're a great God. I say, we thank you and we praise you today. And we praise you today. And we praise you in Peru. And we praise you in Hollandale. And we praise you in Pensacola. And we praise you in Cooper City. We praise you, God because you've been a great God to us. And we ask all this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.